Yo, it's your boy Buddy Ewan. I'm Draymond Green. Hey, y'all, this is John Cloud John. This is Clay Thompson of the Golden State Warriors. And you are logged in. Logged on. You're logged on to the 10th year seniors. The 10th year seniors.com. 10th year seniors.com. You logged in with 10th year Welcome to the I Need a Minute podcast, part of the 10th year seniors network. This week, it's just sports, 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 sports. And because of that, that means that I am in studio and not Andrew. Because Kari and Andrew have this stupid thing where whenever yeah. I'm on a podcast and it's about sports, they keep yeah. saying sportsy, 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 or sports, sportsy, sports, 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 yes. sports, sports. It's yes. better than Naldemir Putin when we used to call you that. Like this. Actually, you know what? This is an improvement, and I'll take it. Yep, I'll take it. Yeah. So for this week's podcast, I think we kind of wanted to focus on what was happening in the sports world because the news has and will continue to be very heavy. Even this podcast might go into some heavy topics, but we wanted to start with sports because the NBA is actually coming back. They released a schedule. They said what games are coming on TNT. They're already cheating for Zion and the Pelicans, giving them the easiest schedule. Oh my and God, so much. <laughs> right away, right away, then we start getting stories about NBA players uh, testing positive for coronavirus. Our own buddy Heal tested positive for COVID-19 and said to send Bush medicine. Which I called happening, <laughs> right? I called that happening right away, by the way. When, you saw, when we saw the video of him at the open run in Oklahoma, I, yeah. I, I was like, oh shit, he's going to get this, isn't he? And sure enough, he did. Sure enough, he did. The NBA, now, because think about where we were in March when Rudy Gobert had it and the whole season shut down. Now it's that players are getting it and even Jokic had it, who is not in America and somehow is going to come back to play and is going to be cleared to play. What is happening? What's the exact protocol? Apparently, the protocol the NBA has is Game of Thrones level, Lord of the Rings level thickness. Pause. And how they're describing it, but um, Jesus, what is the NBA's plan? Okay, so basically, the NBA's plan for this entire thing is, I, I, there was different terminology they had other than bubble. I know they didn't want to say bubble anymore, but it was anyway. It was some PC term that they wanted to use, but that's basically what it is. They want to, they want to have complete containment and complete control. And I think at this point, everybody looks at that and says, "Well, that's laughable. You have to." Mm-hmm. At this point, it's almost as if you have to find a way to coexist with the virus because there's no getting away from it. There's no being contained with it. Do you think that James Harden is just going to stay on the Walt Disney Resort complex and be cool with all this? Bear in mind, two days ago, there was a video of him and little Baby just driving Lambos down the freeway, right? That dude is not staying in the wild world of sports complex, just chilling Listen, the entire time. Stephen A. There's Smith no kind of hinted at this on, on first take about... Wait, so this means NBA players ain't getting groupies for like a whole month period. I don't see that happening. If anything that's going to happen, I think James Harden is going to bring 10 strippers with him in the bubble and then rotate them. And then he will have always have the feeling of being in a strip club. That's the closest that he's actually going to get to it. LeBron is going to be fine. He's going to, In fact, the entire Laker team is going to be like just sequestered. And the, the message is going to be, we got to witness for Kobe. We got a witness so LeBron has the platform to continue speaking out on on racism and white supremacy and on all the other issues. And I think the Lakers and the Clippers and the Bucks are those three teams are going to be fine. Everyone's going to bed by nine. The rest of them, the rest of these niggas, I'm like, not sure about. Dog. 
like my team, right? The Sun Kings. The Sun, and I have I have to thank Bleacher Report for it because when they said the Sun Kings, I automatically went, well, literally, that's what my team is because I root yeah. for Buddy, I root for Aiden. The Sun Kings are my team. The Sun yeah. Kings know they ain't got no business being here. Like the fact that the NBA did this whole contrived thing where if you're six games out of the eighth spot, you get an opportunity to win the eighth spot. That was created specifically for Zion, like you said in the beginning. Yeah. Like that, yeah. that is just the Zion rule to give this is Zion, Zion to give him an opportunity to play LeBron in the first round, and the NBA gets to come back with their big star of now and pr- their big star of the future going against each other. That's ultimately what they want. But the fact that you have these extra teams there adds an added element of danger to this whole thing, and. There are, of course, two different factions of this. We said that this would happen right away when this announced it. There's going to be this faction that thinks this is not worth the risk for me. And we saw with our own, with with John Quill Jones, she opted out of going to play because the WNBA has the same setup at IMG. And she opted out of that saying it's not worth the risk. Now, there are drastic differences between the WNBA and the NBA, but just using her as an example of somebody that's saying, I'm healthy and I can play, but I don't think the way this is set up, the the way cases are spiking, all of this is uncertain, and you're not selling me on sacrificing myself for basketball. In Florida, in Florida, Florida man, on the East Coast. Think about there's no way. Florida hitting nine thousand cases a day of coronavirus, and then it continues to go up, and now Florida is saying that okay, we might have to scale back on some of the reopening they might close some beaches ahead of july 4th this is florida this is what they're doing i don't know how they think that they're going to get this under control and the bubble is going to be that airtight that no one is going to come in or come out who hasn't already been pre-approved and had that like weird nba ring thing happening so the nba is dealing with that and then the nba is also dealing with um uh they have the most millionaires who are african-american on their team on their in their league and all of the nba players are very vocal and they speak out and they follow the lead of the best player lebron james there's an initiative now where the nba players are going to get um to put a statement on the back of their jersey to address um racial issues and someone's someone kind of hinted at uh, that LeBron James might put a recipe on a Taylor's Killers. And Jay, Ja Moran just basically said he wanted to put fuck 12 on his and then apologize for it right after it. So this is where this is going. And so the NBA is dealing dealing with coronavirus. (laughs) Dealing with coronavirus and and racism all at once in their comeback to try it because the NBA has to make money because that's going to affect the collective bargaining. And you saw, um, you know, the discussion on whether the players would play, would they come back? Kyrie Irving's input, Austin Rivers coming back at him about like, okay, you actually need money to affect some kind of change. And it's all over the place. And July 31st is coming up. And the NBA is dealing with two of the big three, coronavirus and racism. We don't know who the third, and we are going to get into this, who the third is for the rest of 2020. If coronavirus is like, you know, LeBron, Coronavirus is LeBron. Um, racism being Dwayne Wade, the oldest statesman who has been around for a very long time. Forever. Rejuvenated forever. And then the third of the big three. We don't know who's coming. Who is 2020 going to sign to complete this rotation? 
right. You want to jump straight to the big three let's, now? Because yeah, I had yeah let's, go to, let's go to the big three now and okay. then we can come back to the NBA. So I think the third issue in the... Oh, shoot. In the, in the middle of me saying it, I just thought of a third member of the big three. But anyway, we'll get to it. So I think the third member of the big three to go along with coronavirus and racism is going to be the fight against the wealth gap. I think we always talk we always talk about eat the rich. We always talk about the we always talk about the the what what is con, what has always been considered from the time of slavery as the planter class. So we always yeah. talk about them having that control and they still have that sort of control today and the uprising against that which ties into, by the way, our LeBron in this in this segment. It ties into all of that. All of these issues weave together like the big three. But I think that's going to be our third right there. That's something that we're not going to be able to get away from. So you think bringing down capitalism is going to be part of the big three? I, actually, I think I think it already has been in terms of the NBA because even when Kyrie had his statement come out, you heard a lot of players and a lot of media members saying. This is what a superstar whose career is set and whose paycheck is set. But what about the other guys in the NBA? Now, granted, they're all money. very rich. But what about the guys that make minimum contracts? What about the guy that's the 10th, 11th, 12th person on the bench? Is he so secure financially Who as Kyrie have that he can afford million to sit guaranteed. Yeah. Yeah, so yep. I, I think elements of that have even creeped into this arena of rich athletes. Of rich athletes. So uh, that's a strong candidate for the big three. Um there is also a, an opening for a natural disaster of some kind, but yeah, we would need like that. I feel like we would need like multiple natural disasters. Maybe the natural disasters kind of like come off the bench and hit a three pointer here or there. You know, just come in. You they get ten or twelve points. So those we're talking hurricanes, earthquakes, um, fires, that kind of thing. Um, because as you know, like even when Greta was on her run and climate change became a really big issue, it wasn't to the level of what we have. Of these two issues now, so I wouldn't know. I don't know if they're gonna be the big three. I think that the election, the U.S. election, is on the periphery, on the outside. I don't know if that's in the big three, but that is definitely like you know you need a fourth man, you need a fourth guy no. who's starter level quality, and I think that that's what the USA purge election 2020 is about. I think the natural disaster is a perfect big three because okay in the way that Bosch had to change so much of his game and fit it around with Wade and LeBron uh, were yes. doing I actually just listened to him talk to Bomani about that right yeah. a natural disaster can can affect different areas and it can be in different ways on one side of the the U.S. you can have an earthquake on the other side you have hurricanes so you can do anything with a natural disaster it happens everywhere True. and I was also going to say 45 is a big part of this like <laughs> He is going to affect shit in some way, shape, or form, whether it's by just being negligent, I mean, stupid, or overt no, with his actions. But, okay, but he is also a rational confidence guy. He's J.R. Smith. <laughs> the yeah, big three. Yeah. He's a oh, rational speaking, confidence at any time he could come in. Speaking of which, I, I, feel, I feel like... Adam we could always come to the big three, big three uh, topic again. We could do no, this. No, just, just as, because you mentioned J.R. Smith, I, I wanted to say, and it reminded me when you were talking about Ja Moran putting fuck 12 on the back of his jersey, I feel like they're going to put some stipulation in there that if you just got signed, then you can't do this. Because nobody wants J.R. Smith to have free reign to put what he wants on a jersey. Nobody He'd wants that. J.R. Smith's going to write Supreme. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> He's gonna write Supreme. Shut up. <laughs> That's what he's gonna do. Oh, boy. Uh, but 
you know, it's so funny, like, to be off topic again, but, like, when you just see little clips of them, like, we had, like, laugh at, at J.R. Smith, and the Lakers immediately went out and got him, right? But just seeing, watching J.R. Smith do anything, be like, that man is incredibly talented at basketball. Yeah. Compared to, like, anyone, like, he's so good at basketball and ready to go right now. And he got LeBron's blessing, be like, okay, let's win this chip. It also, made, it also made me see that leadership styles are different and then leadership styles are okay because I think we spent a whole lot of quarantine talking about leadership styles and, and the greatness of the way Jordan ran things and then people like us and our generation basically having to say, well, that's not the only way to do it. You can do it in different ways. As much as people have been clowning J.R. Smith forever about the shot clock miscue in the finals and talking about him and LeBron's relationship, obviously LeBron don't care as much as y'all people care. Because yeah. J.R. Smith, he could assign 50 different people, but J.R. Smith gets this opportunity. So First, that is a completely different leadership style. Like, and, I mean, I feel like that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. And so we, we I think for the, for the NBA, it's going to be a big moment. They're the first um, major, major U.S. American sport that's coming back out of the Major League Baseball and football. Football is just like, yo, we don't care. All oh, full steam ahead. <laughs> like, it's almost like football is saying how they're, like, football is reacting to racism much more. Um, but there, it seems that football's reaction to coronavirus is um, somebody got to die. Like the Biggie Smalls lyric, like somebody got to die. Like niggas die every day, B. Let's run these games. Like right. let's go. And football is the contact sport. People yelling, shouting, sweating, basically spitting on each other. That's going to happen. And football does not care. Just They're just running it. And I don't know, I... I, I, like I, I always feel that these um, like these leagues are you know making decisions based on money which they have to because everyone's doing it the Bahamas is doing it reopening to Americans who can't control control their coronavirus cases but then what would it mean for football to be back for football to have all of the changes we just saw cam Newton sign with the Patriots um, Lamar and the Ravens and the Chiefs are all ready to go they want to run that back uh ryan Tannehill is he good tua i'm just saying i hope tua does not play this season just punt this one it doesn't play the first eight games maybe the last eight games but what do you think about football being back during the coronavirus and then also dealing with another big three big three member and racism because cam newton the black quarterback is playing for the patriots colin kaepernick almost has to be signed before they play and bosa with the 49ers i don't know what bosa is going to do in that locker room right now what's going to happen so I think we see an example of how powerful football is at the collegiate level because it doesn't matter how many college students are testing positive for coronavirus. The plan for that is to move ahead with football and they have the same fucking approach that the NFL has because at the collegiate level, it's so important for all of these schools to have football because it funds so much of what they do. It funds the other program, it funds research, it's the big money getter. We know what college football is. So it's almost as if, like you were saying, they're they're taking the sacrifice, and I hate to call it an actual sacrifice because, you know. But that's kind of what a lot of these kids have to do. There has to be somebody that's going to sacrifice and say, you know what, I'm going to get this, but the system is too big for us to fail. We have to continue with this. 
the NFL has that same approach that the NCAA has because the NCAA is their feeder system. So we know the NFL is the king in the United States. Like that's what it is. It's it's America's pastime, yeah. and and they feel like football has to continue. Even for Adam Silver to say that dumb thing he said about the NBA needs to come back because it's American or this is what Americans do or something like that, where he was trying to explain like why people need sports. If the NBA is thinking that, then it's times 10 for football because football Roger is Goodell almost to... seen. Yeah. yeah, football is seen as, as the sign of masculinity and Americana. So for any, they need it for that more than anything else. It's too big for them to exist in a bubble. We know that the NBA is on a much smaller scale because that's only 12 to 15 guys on a team you have to control. That's only one side of the ball and just your starters in football. So even yep. if, you, if you're going to have football, obviously it has to be, and baseball is the same way, obviously it has to be in your, your home cities. So there's traveling that comes into play. There's no way to contain it. Yeah, there's it. no football bubble. Yeah, that that can't exist. So there's no way to contain it. There's no vaccines. I don't know. You can place every measure you want to. I don't understand how football is going to happen. And I I felt the same way about baseball. It's too wide open. I have no idea how baseball is going to happen. People are optimistic and getting excited about the moves, but I don't see. I don't. I don't even think the NBA is going to be finished. If we're going to be completely honest, I think they're going to reach a point where they they have have to to shut shut the NBA. Yeah, because yeah, a, a couple people get coronavirus. How do you keep playing? How the Nets completely unraveled just in the last three days. Like we already knew, we already knew KD wasn't going to be there. He had corona. We already knew Kyrie wasn't going to be there. And then within the last week, Wilson Chandler, Spencer Dinwiddie, DeAndre Jordan, everybody just getting corona or opting out. So that's one team down. If it happens with another team. It's not going to be like one guy can just isolate and that's it. Like, the NBA tested. They had the mandatory Listen, now, testing last true, week. True, true. That's the Nets. I just know if the Lakers get coronavirus, they ain't telling no one. Okay. <laughs> not a soul is going to know. They'll be like, fair, you got to play. Fair enough. But it would be better for them to get it early. Like, take, for instance, like Buddy and the Kings, right? They had three players that tested positive. And surprisingly, only 16 of the, I think it was like 300-something players the NBA tested, only that only that much tested positive but if they test positive now they quarantine for two weeks they get over it they get back and then they play but if you test positive there then it's done so you're saying that the lakers should have a chicken pox a coronavirus party get everyone coronavirus come back two weeks later and let's go win this chip next Do thing you know, know that- in the, in the western conference final Kawhi gets coronavirus and is out and the lakers be like oh should have done what we did you know, everyone's talking about how much LeBron wants this and how much he needs this. I feel like the Bucks and Giannis want it and need it more because Giannis needs to win for him to stay. Oh, yeah, because if Giannis don't win it, then he come to Miami and they'd come up with Jimmy Butler. Exactly, and everyone's talking about, oh, LeBron's 37 and, you know, he sees the window closing. Let me tell you something about Milwaukee. That's... Listen, the state may have had that chickenpox coronavirus party just so they could get that shit out of the way. Yeah. And we don't even know the science behind this, by the way. We call it chickenpox. Oh, yeah. We don't know if you can get it twice. You might be able to get it twice. Scientists don't know. Even Fauci don't know. Now all bets are off. You don't have to talk about it scientific no more because they don't know. (laughs) You can just just let it fly. This is is an effect of 45. Good. Like I said, a rational confidence guy. But also, for uh, just to switch back to the NFL, right? Because 
like you said, coronavirus is affecting the Nets. Other teams might be out. In the NFL, if an entire offensive line is out, what do you do? If it like all of a sudden now your high priced quarterback is being protected by rookies and by backups and you know what ends up happening in those situations, that asset that you might have had, because unlike basketball, this is a collision sport. So that asset that you invested a hundred million dollars in is now being protected by a guy making the minimum and who is not as good as the pro bowlers who you paid for that. And then that's a whole other thing because you can't think of it as like any other kind of injury, I believe, because then that guy is almost permanently out. Like they can't like inject them with something for them to keep playing. And then on the racial side of it, the entire NFL is going to be kneeling. After Drew Brees got that spank on the hand, at least week one, if you're a player and you don't kneel, oh shit. If you're a white player and you don't kneel, you, I don't know, you lose the locker room almost right away. Bose and kneeling, bro. You know, that, that's the only one I care about. Like, I'm watching this. Bo- I just want to know when the San Francisco game is just so I can see. Bose and Nealon. But, um, so de- for the NFL, right, does it change your approach on how you even build your team? Because I think it's always been... Really, let's, let's be frank. Quarterback is the one position you may have to isolate them from their, their own team. Like, your quarterbacks quarterback have to be in the even, bubble the whole time. They, they may not be able to even interact with their team on the most basic level because that is the one position that you absolutely cannot lose under any circumstance. So as a GM, do you always have to build your team around a quarterback competition now? You can't be you like have how... to have Yeah, you like you two quarterbacks and quarterback center and two receivers have to always be isolated. No, not just two quarterbacks, but two quarterbacks basically if not on the same level, close to the same level. Like, think of it in terms of Madden. You have to have an 85 and an 80. You can't have that extreme drop-off. Oh, from, yeah, that big drop, yeah. Yeah, you can't have your superstar quarter. Like, for years, we always used to laugh and say, who's the backup for the Colts? Because it's just Peyton Manning and then anybody else, right? Mm-hmm. You can't have that you situation one, anymore. Yeah, yeah you, you there's no longer room for that kind mm-hmm. of situation because if somebody gets hurt... Sorry, not get hurt. If you get corona... Getting hurt may be better for them. Because <laughs> yeah. if you get if you get an injury, you may be able to bounce back and play next week. They'll shoot you up with Toradol. Ain't no Toradol for Corona. You literally have to get away from everyone for two weeks. That's it. That's two that's games. It. And then that ends that ends like any kind of run you could have. Like you say, if that happens close to the Super Bowl or close to the playoffs or in a run fighting for like um, you're fighting for position to make the playoffs. Everyone knows those like some of the best week games are when a team is seven and five and like trying to make a push to make the playoffs, those are important games. You miss those two, that's your season pretty much. And that's going to dictate so much of what happens in the NFL. And no vaccine until 2021. And Jerry Jones still out here not talking about Black Lives Matter or anything. Dak Prescott giving money to 12. So here we are. Stephen A. Smith must can't wait. (laughs) Shit. It's like Jerry. This is the first time I've ever seen Jerry Jones so afraid of backlash, and he just shuts up. Keep in mind that this is an owner that has a press conference after every game. You ain't never seen nothing like that nowhere else in sports where the owner has a press conference after every game. Jerry mm-hmm. Jones does that. You hear from him every week, but you haven't heard from him at all on any of this. Like, and the the NFL being the ones that have to, I question whether Corona is even the part of the big three that affects them the most. Because like you were talking about, they actually like they the, like it doesn't happen. Like oh well, the the issues the issues that they have with race 
may be bigger than the issues that they have with Corona because that's what's been plaguing the league for the past, what, for, well, forever, but it's been on the forefront for the past, what, like four years? Who do you think signing Cap? Because that's what this is about, right? The NFL is going to have to make a statement on Cap, and someone is going to have to sign him. Cap Who signs Cap? Cap getting Netflix money right now. Does Cap just want to do uh, the bad gal thing where he says, well, no, nah, I don't want you now. Like, all the time when I wanted you, that was all well and good. No, no, but no, now no, that no, you no, want no. me, no, I don't want you. If anything, Cap, I feel like, goes and uh, backs up Mahomes or Lamar. Like, he goes and, and takes one of those jobs. Like, backing up a superstar quarterback that's opposed to going to a mediocre team and then just getting sacked and throwing picks all day for people to be like, see? Yeah. Like, no, I, I think that that is his... That's kind of the road that he would probably go down. Oh, not the Ravens because of what happened when they, quote-unquote, almost signed him. Or maybe Seahawks and Pete Carroll say, okay, we come back. Because Pete Carroll's explanation for why they didn't sign Cap was kind of bullshit. and Kind of. You know, <laughs> completely bullshit. Uh, yeah. so, so I think, like, that's the destined – like, those are the kinds of teams that Cap would go on. But you think Cap is just going to sit out and just say, man, I already rich. Or, like, well, I'm doing I, enough. I, I'd like for him to play. I feel like, I feel like at this point, not that he has to do anything because I don't feel like he's obligated to anybody. Uh, but but his his own will at this point. But I feel like, for you to for you to show that they were truly blackballing me, keeping me away from something that I want to do, something that I love doing. And I do think I, I do think deep down he just loves football and he wants to play football. I think if you have the opportunity to come back and play. Then you come back and play, even if if it's just for a year. Even if after two years, he may see that he can't do this anymore. But we've never seen superstar athletes just decide that this is the right time. That rarely ever happens. They usually got to get forced out. So I think he wants to play to prove it to himself because all athletes got to have the ego to prove to himself that he can still do it. And they were stopping him from doing it. I think you finish your story and you play. Now, in terms of who signs him. Like we were saying before the part, I wanted it to be the Patriots because I want that fan base to have to root for that man. I can't think of a fan base that deserves it more than a Boston fan base. Can like, you imagine Cam Newton and Colin Kaepernick on the same team? <laughs> I wish lose it. I wish they had both of them. Only, but only because Stidham is there, and I know it's whatever, blah blah blah. But I wish he would have went there along with Cam. And so these are your two choices. Imagine, imagine Bill Belichick press conference. He's like, yeah, there are two quarterbacks, and I thought that they were good, so I put them on the team. That's, <laughs> that's, what I'd say. that's, that's all he would say. That man don't give a fuck. No, he would just cheat. But I heard like one of the best takes. I forget was it Bumani who said it that. Even the idea that Cam Newton has to compete with Stidham is kind of racist <laughs> because a 32-year-old Super Bowl a guy who took his team to the Super Bowl and won MVP has to compete with who I watch football. I've never seen Stidham play football. I, lo- I just I, I just love how all of these New England people who had no fucking idea anything about Jared Stidham. They didn't know anything about him, but all of them were caping up for him all season, all off season. Like, yeah, we're good. We could go ahead with this Jared Stidham thing. Yeah, this worked before. We didn't hurt hair of Tom Brady either, but that worked out fine. This is gonna work again. And so you really had that much confidence in this man. You have no idea who he is, whether he's got a strong arm or not, whether he can know, whether he can read a defense. You know absolutely nothing about him, but you are sure that this is better for you than Cam Newton. 
Because there have been people voicing their opinions that they would have preferred to go with Stidham and the Cam thing is a bad movie. That's wild. That's that's insane. We, that's an insane. We knew that we knew that that's that sentiment take. was gonna be out there. Like, mm-hmm. I I don't I don't understand it because the last time Cam Newton was healthy, Cam Newton is an elite top tier quarterback, like top tier. He just wasn't healthy. So, I mean, yeah, and now he has had the time to rest, and he's coming back, and Cam Newton is. You know, doing his weird Instagram captions as per usual. But Cam Newton said, "I'm I'm on your neck the entire time." Cam Newton I, right now I wanted, is in the I mindset use, where I he does not care about the coronavirus phrasing. or anything else. Oh, the neck thing, yeah. Yeah, don't don't we gotta stay phrasing. away from that. Yeah, that would be the new way that we um, <laughs> say phrasing now. Ah, uh-huh. Cam, yeah. you gotta pause that. You gotta yeah, pause that. I'm not your neck thing. Don't don't neck don't. it. Yes, so everybody stay what? away from that. You actually set up a, a perfect segue, but now it's like, which one do I want to go to? Because you brought up Boston Sports, and of course we could talk about Bill Simmons, The Ringer, and everything that's going on with them and Barstool. And I know what The Ringer really hates is that now, because of the Simmons stuff, they are lumped into a Barstool conversation. Like, they gotta hate that. Like, the people who are on their staff, like Shea Serrano, <laughs> like, he has to hate the idea that... Um, they are not being included. But I think that this is one of the the moments because we have a podcast and a website because of reading and listening to Bill Simmons coming up. And that's what it is. So and I think that this moment has been teachable because it's kind of also saying the people who you are friendly with, who um, you are friends with, they also have blind spots on issues like this. And they also need to be uh, educated. And they can, they can say the right things but then sometimes it's about like their actions and how they react and what they actually say and what they believe and Bill Simmons gave some um, he gave like some context to what he said because his comment essentially was that this is an open mic night when he was referring to opportunities at the ringer for um, people to have podcasts and he he said it um, the way he phrased it was in the context of the rewatchables and Chris Ryan and Sean Fantasy and those guys getting the reps and 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 in one sense you you have to say that as soon as i read that i said holy shit and this is right after the ryan russillo thing so you know he was defensive then because his own podcast is van lathan was coming after him on his podcast like he uh, had addressed it and russillo had addressed it and they were getting washed for that so you know like the times and reporters are fishing around for a story so i imagine in any email exchange he was defensive and as soon as you're defensive and think that, oh, everything I'm doing um, could possibly be right, that is, I feel like that's where you have your, like, your first fumble. And for Simmons, it wasn't the first fumble. I think it was part of uh, many. And this is like a spectrum. Like you have Simmons on one end who could be guilty of doing um, uh, bad things or being insensitive and then having a blind spot on some race issues. And then you have Bostool who is just like, okay, well, we want Trump supporters to watch our shit. So we ain't saying sorry or apologize for nothing. The reaction from Boston, I think, one of the guys said, like, hey, man, 2014, 2015 was a different time. Yeah. Like, that's, like that, that's really their thing. Here's the thing. No, it wasn't. The same time. and It's been the, it's the same, same time. time. It's been the same time, especially for black people in America. It's been the same time for centuries now like it's not yeah. a different time they act like 2014 <laughs> is the same same thing as 1865 like get the fuck out of here with that but 
like like you were saying, right? I think a lot of a lot of we we grew up as Simmons fans, so you tend to look. I well, at least I tend to look at him through a different prism that I look at the barstool guys because I saw I see what he's done for young writers and young personalities trying to come up. I saw what he was trying to do at Grantland, and you see that manifest itself in the ringer. You saw him taking these big swings at ESPN and eventually falling out of favor there. And he was the first person that I saw, and still to this point, the only one that I saw to break away from a major network and successfully branch off and create his own successful platform. I, I, I'd never yep. seen anybody else do that, and I think mm-hmm. he deserves a lot of credit for that. But at the same time, this is why you you always have to have other voices around. I th- Listen, I, I kept going back and forth with this because I was conflicted about it. Uh, conflicted about it because I and I said this to you if 10YS was to pop off internationally and Mm -hmm. we become this huge platform that everybody looks to no matter who comes along our core group is going to be the same things that we're doing now like the people that were there from the beginning like me you and Andrew would still be doing I need a minute no matter who else was working alongside us. So you keep your mm-hmm. core group in there and you expand outside of that. Even on our small scale, that's kind of what we've done already. Just being in the yeah. Bahamas, that kind of thing happened. Like other people came in and they got podcasts or they write, but we still do our thing. We expect LeBron, we always give LeBron kudos for saying you're bringing the people along with you that helped make this successful. And so you keep them around and you make them successful. And so people going at the fact that Jacko would be on a podcast or House would have a podcast and they're saying, you know, it's all about, it's just, it's typical white frat guy behavior with him propping up his friends and not looking on outside. You're always going to have the element of the people that came up with you that are going to continue to be a part of your success. Isn't that what keeping it real is? Like I expect him, expect him to do that. See, the way I look at it, like, that wasn't the issue. I think that that was people who just disliked Bill Simmons trying to go at his neck for saying stuff like, oh, his daughter has a podcast. I was like, so fucking what? I don't listen to For Real Z's. Okay? Like, we love the part of Bill Simmons' podcast when he does Parent Corner and then just talks about his kids and stuff that's happening with Ben. And that's the kind of person he is. In his writing, Bill Simmons always referenced his friends and going to Vegas and that kind of thing. That was not the issue for me, like when I said when I thought about it, but when you when you say that the ringer is ninety percent white, and what is the ringer doing? Covering sports and covering sports in a way, and television and TV shows in a way where a lot of the artists and the athletes are black. But then you have less. It's the same thing with the NFL coaching. You have a, a majority of black league in basketball and in in football, and then the coaching staffs are majority white. Why? Why is that the context? Why are you using all of these people, uh, mostly white people, to, to cover um, basketball? Because basketball is a cheap thing for them. And then you're not giving other opportunities. Because you think of a company like a ringer, like, yeah, they probably have turnover. So because they have turnover, um, I don't know, maybe you could, give, you could take more risk and more swings, especially when you have, like you said, your core group of people already in, in the mix. And sometimes for... For someone like The Ringer, when people are saying that it's not profitable and it became profitable, Bill Simmons was kind of like, he probably was thinking, like, I have to do the best to make sure that these ads are selling and for the best content. 
because diversity and inclusion is all well and good, but you also still have to make money at the end of the day. The counter argument being, yeah, but you know who else could take you there? People who are more in tune with the culture, who get the references more, who can make those uh, those pop culture references and those anecdotes and those those metaphors make it more realistic and, and it gelled more. And you see some of the gaps in between like that culture and Bill Simmons in the one snippet that he had about LeBron James. And LeBron James, Bill Simmons has said other things about LeBron James uh, in a more positive light since then, obviously. But even just reading how he talked about LeBron James and his family and his mother in that point says, this is a person who probably needs more black friends or need like you need to run that by someone. And because he was so big at ESPN, shit like that got to slide and got to keep going. Not just black friends, but black friends from different socioeconomic backgrounds. Because you can be, yeah. you can have a black, you can work with Magic Johnson and work with Jalen Rose. And but those are all just rich those, guys. Those are still rich black men. You I see what you're doing. You want your big three, your fake three wealth gap thing to like keep going. <laughs> no, but keep going. but that, yes. but that's for real though. Because if if you say if you say that if you say that around your black friends from a different background, and it's not even it's not even something where you need to be canceled or anything like that. But I feel like people do constantly need to learn. And Bill Simmons is not a young guy anymore. His hair is great. Built there are things that Bill Simmons grew up with. In the nineteen eighties, people in Boston were still uh protesting against busing. Like that was a thing in nineteen eighty one. While they I'm were not, rooting for the Celtics. No, I'm not even giving him that much of a blight. Like he has no, no, no. spoken this to is, Wesley this... Morrison, Michael Peters on staff, Rembrandt, they talked about race issues. He had town easy coats on podcasts. So like, no, you can't no, say this, this kind of stuff. No, that's 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 not me. That's not me giving him a bly. That's just me saying. That's just me saying that this is where this person comes from. So you need to place different people around you, and you need to learn more. You need to remove yourself. You need to remove yourself from that mindset. Not just physically moving from Boston to LA, but you have to remove yourself from that mindset completely. Like you have to. You have to grow as much as your company grows, and you. He can't still think of the ringer. As this small little thing with me and my friends, like what we what we had when the sports guy first started or when Grantland first started, because you just sold this company for several million dollars, like that. This is a huge. This is a huge entity now. So you have to treat it as such. Mm-hmm. And if you, it, like you said, if you are going to be covering all these sports that are so ingrained with black culture, you have to have the people that look like the people you're covering doing that. Otherwise, how authentic can can you be? And no one is saying like affirmative action or you know diversity at the, at the expense of being good, but ninety to ten percent—that's yeah, a little saying. fucking ridiculous. Or like when think about even the Atlanta podcast, and we've always said this: like we would laugh like with John and be like, "Yo, dying your shit." Like I'm not gonna say if there's gonna be a podcast on golf or NASCAR, you ain't gonna ask me or you to do it. Like I'm, when I'm not even qualified to talk about the like racing and. Um, I can do NASCAR podcast now. Okay, okay. You turn into Mike Ryan from the Town Levitage. I, I can do NASCAR podcast. I can't do NASCAR. Only, <laughs> only when Bubba Wallace is racing. Only, only in, in Bubba Wallace is racing. Yes, <laughs> like, but I just like what you said that there the the Atlanta podcast come up and you're giving that to one of the white writers on your staff when they're think about this in Hollywood. There are fewer in general black led shows, right? So that means that that white writer could cover any show. 
But say this white writer also just likes Atlanta and loves the comedy of it and thinks um, Donald Glover is amazing. Cool. Is that black writer then going to be given the same opportunities to like do um, a podcast based around Killing Eve or any other the thousand shows? Will that black writer get an opportunity to be like do Mad Men? That's what we're talking about when people talk about like equality and uh, diversity. Yeah, you don't need a black guy to just cover black things. Cool. But then do they get to do other, st other stuff? Does Michael Peters get to write uh, about music that's not just hip hop? If he like is into other things, and that's what you, it needs to be. And you know what sucks about this Ringer thing is that we keep repeating all the same black people's names yeah. for when we talk about the Ringer. Yeah, and yeah like, I was I was I was about to say you can say it's based on talent, and you can say you don't see it, and you just want the best person to do the best thing, but you can't deny the fact that the optics do matter. It does. Dog, matter. And how saying that good at podcast? Let's just be honest. No, I no, I don't listen to it. I'm just saying, like that's his I'm boy, and that's good. why he give him that. Yeah, Jacko ain't that good. Like they ain't that good. Like those people are. <laughs> come on, man. No, which is why they should they should be on his podcast as guests guests of his podcast. That's all well and good. Like whether they're good or whether they're shitty, I understand. I understand why he did it. But I'm saying if you can have you can have those people doing their thing, you can have your daughter doing her thing. But I also need you to have an HR team out there trying to mine the resources to find this young black talent. If you, particularly yeah. the NBA, because I think of the NBA the most when I say this, right? And I had my own personal experience with that where it just struck me like, okay, I'll I'll tell you the story. So this is when me and John went to New Orleans to cover uh, Buddy's first game with the Pelicans. And so we're in the locker room before the game. Buddy's sitting there looking all nervous. We go and we go and we say what's up to him, but we don't want to we don't want to bother him too much because obviously you know the weight of everything that's on his shoulders. You're number six pick. You're supposed to come in there and be like Robin to Batman's AD, right? Yeah. So Buddy's sitting there. Buddy's sitting there dealing with that, and you got the gang of reporters in there, and me and John look around, and it's just all old white guys, right? So Lance Stevenson comes out of the shower, and I think Meek Mill had just dropped an album. I can't remember mm -hmm. if it's Dream, Ch Dream Chasers 2 or 3. But anyway, Meek Mill just dropped an album or mixtape or whatever. It was it was really popular at the time. And so Lance Stevenson's playing this from his phone, and he's just walking around the locker room, and he's bumping it, and like nobody is really paying attention or paying it any mind. And like he's kind of looking weird out, asking people if they heard this or if they know what it is, and... I was the only one to even acknowledge him, right? But there was nobody there that can identify with that. Like, that's just this one small example. But I think about how many times they experience that in every locker room, no matter where they go. Like, yeah, you, you're there to write about basketball, but how much can you identify with, with these young black dudes on an everyday basis? I think that kind of thing actually matters because it informs how you cover them. It informs how you write. And every time I see one of these talking heads just go on a show and they absolutely kill them for next to nothing, it it almost as if they don't see them as human, if that makes sense. And I feel like yeah. if you don't if you don't connect with them on any level, then you're not going to humanize them. And so you're going to cover them a, a specific way. Except Jason Whitlock. Fuck that guy. I hate... Of course he was going to go to outkick the coverage. That I don't even know what that is, that. by the way. 
I mean, it, yeah. I've never gone to that website. All all I know is that Clay Travis is on it, and there's a space for sports Rush Limbaugh types, and all of these dudes are just racing to be in that lane. It's why ESPN decided. Well, ESPN decided to go that route after. Didn't they try? They tried actual Rush Limbaugh, right? Rush Limbaugh was on the um, the Monday yeah. coverage uh, for the NFL, right? So they actually so that, did try him out for a bit, and it did right. not go well. And he got fired and, after like three games, I think. And then they come, they come back years later with, uh, what's his name? No, Bomani just got up out of the paint. Oh, it Will just Kane. so ha- Yeah, Will Kane. It just so happened that Will Kane was always leaving, but it really looks like Bomani running from the company. That's kind of weird. No, but uh, what I was saying, even about the Will Kane stuff, is like Will Kane is always willing to debate people. At the very yeah. least, he'll just be like, yo, you could come on my show. And when Bomani was talking to Dominique Foxworth about it, Bomani was like, a lot of people just wouldn't have him on to debate something like that. Even as something that he said, he called into the show and Will Kane was like, yeah, let's go. That is not like a typical thing that happens. And you know that, like even Whitlock, you know that there are people who would want to debate Whitlock on any one of his shows and he just does not allow it. He'd rather it just be Marcellus Wiley or other football players who don't really push back at him like that. He would never have that conversation with somebody like like Dominic Foster or Bramani or Dana or anybody like that, right? But like 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 those those people trying to trying to carve that lane, the Will Canes, the 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 Clay Travises, the Jason the Jason Whitlocks, they're appealing to to forty five and his base. They're appealing to the people that say they're appealing to the people that say stick to sports, but don't really want you to stick to sports. Because they if never that makes stick sense. to sports. That's the thing. They, don't. they love the content too. So, and, and I just have to say, but you know the reason that they do that, right? Or the reason that they're coming at it. It's because of the because third member, the big three, like you said. It's the yeah. wealth gap. They're doing it for money. They realize it's, that this is their lane. There's less competition on this side. So because there's less competition on this side, I am going to say these things that are going to keep me employed at these specific outlets. Because if Fox News, like, outkick the coverage is basically running the ringer blueprint but on the other side of it and saying fox news if you want fox news sports we can't do this for you and you can yeah, come to you this side because if it's going to affect everything now then it's all you know all hands on deck who gives a fuck keep going you don't think you don't think that fat fox sees how popular candace owens is and thinks that i can be the black sports version of this yes. like that's that's what he wants like Clay Travis and, and, and Will Kane, they want to be Tucker Carlson and Sean Hannity and stuff like that. You don't think they want 45 to, to tweet them in a positive light just so they can... They Listen, you get hired for however long he's in office once you get a tweet from him. Or maybe even after, because it's not like this sentiment's going away. But you want to cozy up to that side because, like you said, ain't nobody over here farming this line. There's a whole lot, there's a whole lot of people on the left that are very liberal and open with this stuff because... I think that's a natural byproduct of loving sports and being a part of it. You kind of have to embrace different cultures. But over there on that side on the right, ain't nobody there. So they're just trying to go there and mine all that attention and all that money and gather all of that up. That's all that they're doing. Who is ESPN going to get to fill that slot, by the way? Or are they just going to say, fuck it, we ain't even messing with that no more? They're not going to mess with that anymore. They don't want, they don't want anything on that side anymore. I, I think, like... They might, at best, say, um, give uh, like producers instructions to maybe try to go find someone who is a little more palatable, who can also debate and stand. Because that's what you need, actually. Because and when I say need, I mean you need someone talented enough to go head-to-head with Stephen A. Smith. 
in a shorter um, conversation, and I think that that's much harder to find. And Skip Bayless doesn't even do this kind of shit. Like when you think about like the Will Kane stuff and those kind of takes, Skip ain't with that. Skip has his own like personal beefs and stuff, but it's definitely not on that side. But the side that someone like Skip would be on would be like uh, playing Howard Cosell to LeBron James. So he would make it more personal, but he wouldn't want it to be, oh, this is going to be like centered around race. But I just wanted to end this on the, the big three discussion once again. So, <laughs> coronavirus, just MVP year for Corona. Um, defensive player of the year for racism, once again. Because, you know, they're always yeah. in the hunt, always in the hunt for MVP. All, like you always said, there. Always in that. So, what are, what are your predictions for uh, for Wealth Gap to, like, finally, like, get under the cap, be signed by 2020, and have Listen. an impact in this year? What do, what do they have to do? Because, remember, Bosch had that rebound, kicked it out to Ray Allen, um, bang, tie game. The, the more we talk about it, I wonder if I want to move Wealth Gap into that Shane Battier, Mike Miller role and move mm. 45 to the Bosch role because as we talked about this, he kept coming up as having a big impact on all of this stuff. So I really think that 45 is the third guy that weaves in there with, with coronavirus and with racism. Remember when we would do who wins the year, and it would always he, just be him. It would always just be him at the end of the year. So maybe you're right. He's he has to be in the big three, and it's affecting everything. Because unless there's another Occupy Wall Street uh, movement, I don't know if the wealth cap is going to be able to to like come up to the like the same kind of level. That's when they um, that's when the wealth cap had its own team when it was during the Occupy Wall Street, going like forty one or forty one, not really making the playoffs. Yeah. Shit, Occupy Wall Street and then the Tea Party ha- happened after that. We really should have just snuffed this shit out with the Tea Party. And maybe we wouldn't be here at this point. No, yeah. <laughs> what the fuck? Yes, that's very obvious. <laughs> this should have been snuffed out then. What did you think was happening? Remember when Obama tried to do that fucking bear summit and then he was mad at that? I will always bring that up. That was just one of the weird... That was like um, written by Aaron Sorkin to like as an episode of the west wing and then you just realize that no that sh- that should not happen i <laughs> should not be oh, a thing God. they they say they say people harass 45 and i re- distinctly remember them calling michelle obama a monkey this is crazy yeah. he, you know what he he's the third he's the third he's the third he's, big three he's the third positionless john, basketball john get positionless on the basketball. okay so we will be back hopefully this week um hopefully we'll be doing a second podcast today whenever andrew decides he wants to fucking show up but um, this is you know radio for, talking, but like jungleists and stuff. As per usual, this is it for uh, I need a minute and new sign off. Freddie Gibbs is the best rapper alive. Peace.